Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 250th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Diami Plotke of the <laughs> Penultimate Woodshop, and I'm here with Kyle Barton of Waterfront Winters and Sean Swisniski of the Corner Workshop. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. You know, seem to turn it around a little bit. <laughs> it seems like 250 is a momentous occasion. Yes. Yes, it, it, it should that's, be. It should be. That's pretty cool. We're a, a quarter away to 1,000. Absolutely. I think we need to take this to 3,000. That's when we stop. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. I'm not going to put that on a calendar. I'm going <laughs> to see how, how long that'll take. That's right. <laughs> That'd be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not put that on a calendar. Yes. Welcome to Kyle Barton. I'm Kyle Barton of Memorial Windsors. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm impressed they let you make Windsor chairs in the nursing home. <laughs> exactly. No, no sharp tools allowed. So um, right, this, this is where I get to be a fly on the wall because we're recapping woodworking shows that I did not get to attend. Yes. We, we are. That's but going to change for next year. Before we get into that, um, I want to. I know we just took this out of the show notes, but... I want to touch on what's in my shop because in the, uh, in the week since the last episode recorded, I've taken some of the scraps from the fence gates that I was making mm-hmm. out of my waste receptacle in the shop. And I know I had mentioned I was resawing some of the fence posts to make them a little thinner and to make these, uh, the frames for the gates lighter. And I, I'm just amazed at how well this ACQ, I don't know what it is, it's probably dug fur, but it's, you know, it's ACQ treated framing lumber. Mm-hmm. It resawed like a champ. And these things are, you know, they're almost translucent. The, the shavings are so thin. And this is off the bandsaw. Um, is it, is it wet? Like, you know, how treated can get? It, uh, it's been actually stickered in my driveway for six months. <laughs> so been stickered or was it stickered in the elements like, no it has not been covered so it is it has been in the elements but it is it is so it's not dry but it is not drive a nail into it and it gets and it bleeds water wet like you okay. usually get so it's I, it's actually drier than you usually get from a lumberyard okay I was, i've known that stuff to trip saw stops oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, but and uh, hmm. there's a little uh, little bit of a non sequitur based on our topic, but um, these pieces are just so thin and and flexible, and um, I guess Could it just it shows the like point. A, Was that a lamp where you know the light would shine through in a nice green tinge? Uh, it's more of a yellowish tinge, and because oh, okay. it's dug fur, you get the nice strong grain lines. So it's it's a little like uh, zebra stripey, um, but just a. Uh, you, know, you can really resaw anything, I think. Oh yeah, um, and it's it, it's very flexible. Like I'm I'm giving it nice tight bends, and it's not snapping. So try wet ACQ treated lumber for your for your curved bent laminations. Maybe it'll work well. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so with that, Yes, with that. So our main topic tonight is uh, the recap, as Sean said, of the woodworking event. So primarily uh, the Texas Woodworking Festival and Find Woodworking Live. So Texas Woodworking Festival. So uh, Diami, you actually got to come down to Texas for that. So besides the uh, the excellent weather we had, um, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, the, the festival itself was an absolute hoot. Yes. Um, but you know, I don't know, like I had an absolute fantastic time. Um, mm-hmm. some of that was the fact that for me, it was a full weekend getting to see you and yeah. hang out with the organizers and stuff outside of the event. Like it, it was the full weekend. Um, mm-hmm. and it was very rewarding to come down there and see everybody and, and be able to participate in, um, in the Texas Woodworking Festival. 
um, there was it was enjoyable to get a bullhorn and stand on Leslie Webb's table and <laughs> scream at everyone. So um, that is not something I will forget anytime soon. Uh, yeah, Sean, you missed that. So we had a PA system, but it just wasn't quite loud enough. So um, uh, one of the uh, one of the guys that that runs the um, shared space there actually had a bullhorn in his in his office. So he. He gave us a bullhorn, so Diami would announce the winners by jumping up on the table and with the bullhorn going, yes, ticket number 283. Do we have a winner? Do we have a winner? (laughs) The worst bingo call of all time. Um, what was funny is we get members of the audience to to draw it, and uh, almost every time if a guy draw it, drew it nobody was a winner but if a but if we found a uh, a woman there and she she drew it we'd have a winner so hmm. <laughs> it was it was um, just kind of interesting and there was one guy do you remember the last giveaway the uh, the boots those mm-hmm. those hand manufactured boots there was a guy that was that was visiting from um forgot where but Europe and uh, he happened to be driving along and saw this and just pulled in and they came in and he got a ticket. And so he won those boots. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he was like leaving the next day to go back home. So he was running over to the store to, you know, get them to size his feet and stuff and <laughs> ship them to him. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah. And there were there were a bunch of things like that that made it just a really enjoyable weekend. Now. For anyone who doesn't know what the event was, I think their description of it being a farmer's market with a beer garden was pretty accurate in that there were some people selling, some people demonstrating things you could buy, but for the most part, it was just a bunch of woodworkers lined up with tables doing small demonstrations and mostly just talking with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a really neat event in that regard. And if I was in driving distance of it, I would absolutely go every year. Um, I don't know that I would fly to it just to go there for the six hours that it was open as an attendee. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, it was a it was a fantastic time, and it was three times larger than last year in terms of attendance, Kyle. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, last year they had it at that uh, brewery we went to. Okay, the one with the uh, with the death metal. Yeah, with the death metal, um, and it was probably three hundred or so people there. Tops. I mean, they were they basically, you know, had to stop people at the door, you know, because they were over their capacity. Oh, okay. Um, and then this in this area, they had like seven hundred people. And it's my understanding from what I've heard is they're looking at moving it to another venue next year. Yeah, because uh, that was the one downside of the venue was um, they they wanted half of it to be outside. But we had like torrential rain. Yeah, the weather did not cooperate. And in torrential rain, still 700 people came. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that they. Yeah. Based on what I've now learned about uh, Texas weather, I think I think they need to do it in a place where they can do the whole thing inside because you can't assume to do half of it outside. Yeah, exactly. So Fair. yeah, so um, I think they're that. That's what I've heard anyway. That they're they're looking at some uh, different facilities, but you know, um, in there. So where we were was kind of like a. It's a co-op shop basically, and the Austin School of Furniture and Design has its little area and then there's a uh, bunch of woodworkers that can either share this one large space or they can basically rent their own space where they can keep their own tools and stuff Mm -hmm. and i mean some of the stuff some of those guys that were in there they just had gorgeous stuff that they were working on it was you say some everybody who was in there was impressive in what they were making but there was such a variety of things in there that whatever you're into somebody there would have been like Wow, that's really up my alley. I love that. But all of them were were yeah. you know skilled and impressive. Mm-hmm. You had people doing you know um, vessel forms by bending wood. Um, you had um, guys doing you know straight cabinet stuff. Some doing some spec art stuff, CNC stuff. I mean, it was just 
yeah, anything you could imagine, there are people there doing it. It was hmm. it, it was interesting, and especially you know we got there the day before and helped them kind of uh, arrange everything. We got to meet a bunch of those folks and talk to them, and it was it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and it was nice. Um, you know, since he won't come down to Long Island to visit me, it was nice to see uh, to see Matt Kenny in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And Yami got to see Matt Kinney's boxes. Yeah, I actually I, b- I bought one. I have one uh, yes. sitting in my in my dining oh, room yeah, right now. That's right, you bought one. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. What do you What do you do with that box? I uh, I put it on the stand in my kitchen because I don't I don't drink tea. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it's you empty. Put your weed in it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I bet you the the narrow twelve ounce cans from uh, Six Points probably fit in it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 I'll put some of their single day releases in it and we'll just make it a beer vault. Yeah. But I think, I think you're right. Texas woodworking festival, they have it indoors. I think they want to, you know, keep expanding this, you know, maybe they'll, you know, make it into a uh, full weekend type event, uh, in coming years, but we'll, we'll see what they have planned for it. But yeah, was there I a, can't was believe there a... how well attended it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, that's that's truly amazing, and I know it gets yeah. more complex the longer you do something. I mean, and mm-hmm. it's probably all they can do to make it a one day event. Did mm-hmm. it? Did it seem like that was a uh, uh, a a common sentiment of of the attendees that boy, if they could build this out, they could do this. We could, you know, do more if there was more time. Yeah. Any of that? Was everyone saying that, or was it you guys kind of seeing it from the top side down? Um, I think that's where they want to get it to from, you know, talking to the organizers Mm -hmm. and from what I saw, I think they could do it. Now they're going to have to restructure everything, you know, it'd have to turn into like a, uh, fine woodworking live or, or a, maybe more like a, uh, woodworking in America where you have a general area. And then if you want to pay more, you can see classes Mm -hmm. and lectures and things like that. I know they did have some demos there. Um, but I think the way it was, it was kind of restricted about, you know, how, how many people could actually participate and see the demos because yeah. of the layout. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's something that, yeah, could definitely turn into more of a, I don't want to say a fun woodworking live cause they definitely kept the audience there, but more like a, right. um, woodworking in America type venue. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a format. I mean, like, yeah. like the woodworking shows do, and I don't know. I think it was just called the Wood Show back years ago, but that's when I saw Frank Klaus, and that was uh, it. It was there were paid classes, there were free demonstrations, and there was a floor. And the paid classes were just like in a curtained off area. It didn't take classrooms or mm-hmm. hotel hotel room uh, like, like lobby things or any of that stuff. So I mean, there's yeah. there's ways the cost goes up, I'm sure, but there's ways. yeah. I, from from talking with the organizers, I get a I get the feeling that they'd probably want to have it a little bit more upscale than that. Okay, more like a woodworking in America. Yeah, but I, I could be wrong. A- I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just assuming this based on you know just uh, just conversations. Yeah, yeah, this is you know where we want to take this. So, well, because what what was the ticket price to go to the Texas Woodworking? Fifteen dollars. Um, yeah. and then you could pay more. It so was if you. If you paid over fifteen dollars, uh, fifteen to like forty dollars, the the uh, uh, the extra money actually went to the school. So yeah, oh, then, okay. them. yeah, that's good. Yeah, Compare that to the what you pay for fine woodworking or wood yeah. or any of those. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. multitude more. I think this was a a great deal, especially because um, yeah. oh, for sure the drinks were free. How fine woodworking, um, uh, um, fine woodworking, woodworking in America was. You had like a a cost if you were local let's assume you're a local you had a cost to go to the marketplace and then yeah it was like ten dollars to get yeah. It. yeah 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 so yep. you could see the same type of thing yeah okay yeah. but hmm. I, and i don't mean this in a pejorative way but this struck me more as um the uh the woodworking shows in that it wasn't the strictly organized classes like you get in mm-hmm. Find Woodworking Live or right. Woodworking America for that matter. Um, but I think that if they had, you know, a third, again, as many demonstrators and 
a space that didn't bottleneck as easily, a better layout yeah. and a little bit more open space, I think they easily could have made it a two-day event even oh, without, yeah. without doing all that much more. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed, agreed, yeah. Yeah, and they, they could do that. I think um, the impression I got, though, is they, they didn't have as many vendors, you know, trying to sell stuff there as they did have people demonstrating. You know, they were selling, of course, uh, their own schools or classes or whatnot that they that they had. But they did have a lot of people, um, you know, demonstrating, sharing, and uh, just presenting their wares. So, yeah, yeah, I could see the combination of that kind of like – uh, uh, the woodworking shows and a little bit of um, woodworking in America type aspect. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun and it was well attended. And uh, Philip Morley had his uh, console there. Yeah, that thing uh, was beautiful. Entertainment center. You know, um, I didn't realize it till we were there that, you know, because he kept showing more and more Instagram photos of it. And then we get there and I go, I can't believe this is here. And he goes, no, I built two of these. <laughs> <laughs> one for the client and one for another client. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that was good. And yeah, we, we, uh, we had Philip Morley on the podcast as if people remember as well. It was only three episodes ago, four episodes ago. Uh, no, maybe yeah, five, three, four episodes ago. Who else, uh, we had, what was that? Um, uh, we had Ben. Yeah, we had Ben. Ben was great. He was fantastic. He really was. Yeah. And, um, what was the, the guy that just graduated? From, uh, I have to look it up. Get bear with me a moment. I know I'm following him, but he hadn't posted that much. So, but yeah, yeah, that that was fun having Byron. Had, Byron, yeah, yeah, he had just graduated, um, and uh, you know, you know, starting out and you know, making sure you know woodworking, making sure ensuring that woodworking was his uh, life choice and he was just fantastic and some of the stuff he had, he showed us was just incredible so oh yeah he was at what school of the redwoods or um that's not school of the redwoods anymore it's now yeah it's um well it was college of the redwoods you yeah. are i think is it the krenov it's the krenov school now school the in something institute like that. school something sure. i think yeah. it's the krenov school but yeah it's now named after Credoff. It's not College yeah. of Woods anymore. But uh, but it was good, and uh, so Tiami came down. The weather was bad. Um, <laughs> I tried to get some barbecue in them, but that just did not turn out. But we did get a lot of Tex-Mex in them. So oh, there you go. <laughs> and I, I I thoroughly enjoy both, and it was not the, it wasn't me avoiding the barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just oh man. That drive back was something else. I tell you, it was just pouring down rain. We're going like, you know, 45 miles an hour down the 70 mile an hour highway. Oof. Yeah, it was one of those type things. And I go, all right, well, we couldn't stop of any anywhere in the, you know, in the hill country for barbecue. But I know this great place in Houston. And we pull in there and guess what? They're closed on Sundays. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, damn it. Oh, well. But it was know, fine. It was, it was enjoyable to to see uh, to see your. Yeah, it's great having you down. But I did give him the nickel tour of the shop when I was here. Oh, nice! Uh, wasn't quite the dime tour. It's like we're fighting this flight. And I go, okay, if we get to my house, we got like thirty minutes. Boom, 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 boom. All right. <laughs> but so he did get to see a little bit of the shop. I got to see and, all your chairs and stools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sit in them too. Yeah, yeah. So that was are they great. comfortable? They are. They're very nice. Well done. Well done, Kyle. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was that was great. So, uh, appreciated that. And my wife even thought Diami is delightful. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> she only saw me for a few minutes. <laughs> That's what I told her. But, you know. <laughs> but uh, with that said, so Diami and I met up a short two what, weeks later. Two two think, weeks later. I think it's two weeks later. Maybe it's three. Life. Maybe it was three. Might have been three, yeah. But at Fine Woodworking Live. So, Diami, what do you think about Fine Woodworking Live? Um, 
Fine Woodworking Live was Fine Woodworking Live, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was everything we've come to expect of Fine Woodworking Live. The venue continues to be nice. They do it at, um, they do it at a hotel conference center, and mm-hmm. for not everyone is able to get a room there. There aren't quite enough rooms for all the attendees. Um, but that being said, the vast majority of people do, and I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to get a room there, and. I really, I've said this a thousand times in the show before. I'm sorry, but I, I continue to say it. When you stay at the same event as the conference, it is so delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, it's always very nice that the hotel is, is perfectly amenable. And then um, the classes were as good as they always are. Um, so I saw a couple classes that I would not have. I took, I attended classes that I didn't think I would enjoy mm-hmm. and I intentionally went and did some of the classes on things that are not my style. And I figured, let me, let me see what else I can learn from these. So, um, I took, uh, Chris Swartz's class on drilling out for the legs, uh, without mm-hmm. math, yeah. uh, on, you know, the splayed legs on, uh, yeah. on a Welsh or, um, or any of those any style chair, chairs, basically. Yeah. 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 Winter or state type chair. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And not to suggest that I don't like Chris Swartz, but building chairs of that style is not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. But Chris is wonderful. And it was very interesting to see, um, to see the style and the technique. And I stupidly got him to sign my, my, I hand to, after the class, I hand him my workbenches book to get him to sign it. And he flips it open and there's the signature ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I had him sign it a second time. Um, like a double stamp on a coin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but th- that was, as I said, that was a class that it's not in my style. It's not a class I would have taken, but it was still well worth uh, attending it because um, I picked things up there that, you know, two years down the road, I'm going to be doing something and it's going to be in the back of my head. And I might not even realize it came from the class, but it's going to be helpful. Um and I took um, Danielle Rose Bird's, I think that's her name, Danielle Rose Bird. Is that right? Mm, yeah. Yep. Uh, her shrink pot class. And this is like as green as green woodworking can be. Oh, You're yeah. taking, taking a log and by hand drilling out the middle of it and making taking um, like a cookie out of a log and popping it in the bottom and letting the whole thing shrink as it dries mm-hmm. out and you get yourself a pot. Um, and... It was the best class of the week, a weekend. Wow. Um, like, I'm never going to do that. However, <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic, and she was a wonderful presenter. And mm-hmm. um, listening to the way she did it and the description of it, and, like, she gave a description she was doing. It wasn't a bit and brace. What was she drilling them out with, Kyle? What was that called where it's a big... It's like the it's a it's a it's an auger, but it's a big T handle auger. Yeah, it's a big yeah. T handle hand auger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how you, you know you're only buying buying them used. No one's making them, but mm-hmm. the things to look for in ones you'd never ever want to buy, though they look okay, versus these are the ones you get, and you can fix these and sharpen these. But this other thing has damage that you can't ever use, so you never bother buying ones that are that way. And it was really informative. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glossing it over it now because I don't want to screw up the terms. But if I were to buy a hand auger right now, I honestly think I could buy one that would be serviceable, which I would not have been able to do before the show. Um, And it was just, it was as much about her journey as a craftsman and her philosophy as it was um, how to actually make this pot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just a lot of fun. So the, the actual event was the same event they've run for the last three years. And that's to say it was a very well-run event. The the accommodations were excellent. There was no traveling to do once you were there, so you got to enjoy the whole weekend and hang out with other woodworkers the entire time, which is fantastic. Unless you wanted Chinese. Unless, yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> the food, when it was available, was very good. The classes were as high a caliber as they've ever had or Woodworking America's ever had. They were really good classes. Um, it was a very good, enjoyable weekend, but fundamentally it was the same as they'd done the last two weeks, two years. Yeah, um, exactly. They didn't and reinvent the wheel. They're going to be there next year. 
I mean, they've already announced, they announced yeah. that there that, hey, yeah, here's the dates. We're going to be here same time next year. Essentially, they've got a formula that works and they just keep doing it, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a fantastic event. Now, you saw yeah. more than I did because I basically uh, stalked uh, Pete Galbraith. Yes, the you did. Weekend. You want to describe because, what he was doing all weekend? Yeah, he was taking his iconic uh, uh, stool that he has, his four-legged stool, and he was starting. And uh, I guess he started Friday because y'all were there before we got there and uh, well, actually saw him do some stuff. What they but did. He basically but- built the stool during the entire week. So you could, you know, uh, just check in and see what he was doing. But for me, it was like a mini refresher course of chair making with Pete Albert. You know, just staying in his class, watching him do things. You know, um, he explained a bunch of stuff that I already knew, but, you know, just hearing it again and maybe a slightly different manner just helped reinforcing that stuff. It was it was fantastic. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. There were so many other classes I wish I'd gone to. Um, <laughs> once again, it's one of those things is why can't they record these things? <laughs> Publish that for attendees, but you know I understand uh, understand the uh, the problems with that as far as you know getting sign offs and you know all that kind of crap. But um, still, it's 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 a, it's a wealth you know it's a it, it's a it's a wealth of opportunity for you to go there and and uh, see some fabulous people. And there's always going to be more that you want to see, and you know. Hopefully next year, some of the same people will come back and we'll be able to see, you know, what they have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice because, again, to get back to the fact that you're all there at the same venue is you see these people and you hang out with these people all week. Yeah. Now, one Um, of the great things was, um, you know, they do have, you know, areas or sessions where the whole group comes together like in the morning or in the evening and uh uh joshua klein who's mm. uh was on this episode uh, mm. uh a few episodes ago did the keynote for one in the morning i think it was that was saturday morning yeah and it was absolutely fantastic um what he gave in fact he got a bunch of woodworkers to stand up and sing songs <laughs> <laughs> That's a so, talent of its own. Yeah, yeah. He was he was talking about you know hey you know when the when you know back in the seventeenth eighteenth nineteenth centuries you know workers would have you know a work song you know they would sing a little song to you know take the drudgery out of the work and uh, kind of got us all up to uh, to sing a song but um, he absolutely knocked it out of the park with that uh, with that and it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, his his uh, was another one where you know it's not it's not working mm-hmm. the way most of us work, but yeah. a wonderfully insightful, instructive um, lecture about you know the way work was done, and even if you're not going to work that way, it absolutely informs the way all of us work, and um, it was a really really well done seminar. Yeah, that's excellent. excellent. So. So what were you going to say about uh, the Chinese restaurant? Well, uh, the the mm-hmm. only complaint I have about it, and I don't I don't think we stayed up later than we usually did. Um, uh, except but for except for Saturday night, <laughs> it yeah, but the it were well, there which which you know a New Jersey guy uh, outlasted you. I can't believe you let that happen. <laughs> Yeah, Wilbur. I mean, Wilbur was sitting there. You know, we were having a nice conversation. We look over, and Diami's like sound asleep. So mm. you know, yeah, no, it was it was bad. In fact, uh, you know, I had to take a picture of that. Indeed, indeed, and i i will give I will give Wilbur props for for not uh, not dozing off the way I did. But all things being equal, I think uh, I think I was was going a little harder than he was. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to suggest something of that sort. Well, uh, oh. to, to to be honest with you, you know, the bar there shuts down at what one? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And this was three thirty in the morning. I mean, oh my but, god, yeah, yeah. We just had this little table that was just a group of us, and we just kept talking and talking and talking. And it was like three three thirty in the morning when that happened. But the I mean, well, we were not out. At, you know, we were we're not drinking. No, 
none of that was going on. It was just, well, we all stopped when the bar closed. Yeah. Um, So 12 beers we ordered at one (laughs) o'clock. I don't think the bar was necessarily closing earlier than it used to. No, but same time. I don't ever remember a year when we'd go to the bar and want to eat and they'd be like, Oh, the kitchen's closed. And that happened both Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and that was a little frustrating. So I guess it was Saturday night. After they do the keynote on Saturday, maybe it was Friday because we ate at the keynote. So it was probably Friday night. Um, we, we recorded a, an episode of the podcast. And by the time we got down there to have dinner, it was after 10 and the kitchen closed at 10. So, yeah, well, I think Saturday, well, we had the, um, um, sa- Saturday they had the, uh, uh, the evening event. Yeah, the banquet. The banquet, yeah. And after that, we recorded an episode. I think by the time we got out of that episode, that they were closed, yeah. Right, but after the after the banquet, we weren't looking for dinner. No, we um, were looking for something. Exactly. We would, like yeah. a, a plate of nachos would have been fantastic yeah. after at yeah. that point, but it was it was after 10 and the the kitchen was closed. But Friday, by the time we were done recording the podcast cuz they recorded Shop Talk Live and then we went and recorded two episodes of the podcast that night. Yeah. Um, and by the time we got to the bar, it was like 10.15 and the kitchen was closed. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, it was a very short walk just to the edge of their property, really. But it was a combination dive bar Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, was, it was, for what it was, it wasn't bad and it was walkable. Yeah. And in, this, in the grand scheme of things, it was fine. But I would have rather the kitchen was just open and we could have eaten there. That was really the only complaint about the whole weekend was that the kitchen closed earlier than I was ready to eat both nights. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, I mean, and, and, yeah. Hey, and some of that is our own doing. Like I said, we're recording podcasts afterwards and, and stuff of that. So we have know. an obligation sure. to the listener to record podcasts. And I don't well, think we do. We do. showing up at a, at a restaurant at 1020 on a Friday night is unreasonable. No, it's not. It's not. Well, the the only bad thing is, yeah, it's it. The location is out in the middle of nowhere, so it's basically say, that, this hotel, then then the Chinese restaurant, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's not. It's not Covington. It's not Cincinnati. It's not uh, yeah. any of the other places that the traveling shows have been to. Really, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a little more remote. And yeah. so you're, well, it, it, it's it, a it, campus it, of its own, right? I mean, that's yeah. the whole idea. And so one thing that's good about that, that I think Diami's alluded to is, is that everyone's in the same location because, you know, a lot of the um, woodworking in America's is after the classes were done and stuff like that, we, you know, let, let's say we broke off into our own little cliques and went and did our own little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so this this time you get to everybody's in the same place. You're going to the same bar. You meet you meet different people and uh, you create new clicks. You meet new friends. So it's 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 fantastic. Yeah. And Matt, because I know I met like three or four people that, you know, I, you know, I never would have thought about uh, as far as as um hanging out with and stuff of that nature and you know it, it just wouldn't have happened because they wouldn't have not gone to the same bars that i would have gone to but because we were in the same location i was able to talk to them and went hey yeah this is great you know yeah. and, and met a bunch of new friends that way ultimately we're all yeah. woodworkers it's wonderful exactly exactly so i think you know some of those you know uh you get in it's like any, anything it's like anything Hmm. But so I think the, the way they have it have it done done is is exactly correct. Is everybody's in the same space? You get to meet new folks, new friends. It's fantastic. Now you you mentioned Yami that, that I mean they've they've found a venue that works and so it should continue to work. Did they have? Did you notice any tweaks or changes or improvements over the last couple of years that you've been able to attend? Um. Or that they've held it, I shouldn't say. They keep experimenting with what they do at night. Um, Saturday night has always been this big banquet with a keynote. And it's a mm-hmm. little stodgy. It's not bad. I I honestly could live with something more casual. Um, 
but it's it's not bad. And in all honesty, it is absolutely better than any of the Saturday night banquets I've been to at Woodworking America. Um, yeah. So their their presenters are always well prepared and give a a very insightful speech. Um, the one this year was a former president from North Bennett Street School, and mm. I would have preferred more of a talk about someone's journey through woodworking than someone's journey through running North Bennett Street School. But that being said, he was still a very good talker, and it was legitimately interesting to see what has gone on with North Bennett. So it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just, in my opinion, slightly off topic. Um, but Friday night, see, the, the way the event runs is they have optional all-day classes on Friday. They run two classes on Friday. They, they fill up very quickly, but like this Friday, Mike Pekovich taught a class on design, maybe. I'm not even sure what his class was on. And Bob Van Dyke did a class on dovetails. And it was an all-day class. It ran from like 9 o'clock in the morning till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and that was what was going on on Friday. Those were like the bonus classes before it technically began. And then... Friday afternoon, there was registration. Friday afternoon, the handful of vendors were there. There's, you know, what were there, Kyle? Eight, ten vendors? It's not a big marketplace. And, yeah, um, yeah, something like that. But there were yeah. a little bit more vendors than in years previous. Yeah. 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 And, um, he was there with Blue Spruce Tools. So, um, uh, and Matt, it, of course, was there. Yeah, uh, Matt from yeah. um, Matt Morris, Matt, yeah, MM Wood no. Studios. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had you had Lee Valley. You had Ra- uh, Planner Router. Yeah, you had Rikon, um, Rikon Sharpening Guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sharpening Iso guy. Tunes. There was a, there was a total of about yeah. eight or ten ten people, all you know, well within the realm of woodworking products or products used by woodworkers. So it was all good. Um, Yeah. The only bad thing and uh, shout out to, to Vic. um, The only bad thing about uh, Lee Valley being there is only free shipping this year. No 10% off. Yeah. But isn't that just because the exchange rate is killing them? Exchange rate is killing them. So yeah. Well, maybe they should move production here, but anyway, (laughs) um, We were talking about the event, Sean, and the one thing they have continually changed has been what they do on Friday night. Right. Um, The first year in Massachusetts, they did the Hardwood Derby, which I am equally excited to do again if they ever want to and absolutely fine to never do again so that I remain reigning champion. Um, (laughs) But I thought that was a... Yeah, my, my understanding, talking to them about that event, was that a small number of attendees participated and that those who participated had a really good time, but right. most people just didn't participate, yeah. um, which is why they did, did not do that a second time. And that's not what you want. Exactly, you exactly. Want so from the, involved, the same thing yeah. with the trivia, too. Yeah, so then the, the year after that, they did trivia, which was kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Not as fun, in my opinion, but still, no. I think it had more attendees than yeah, I did. I did. Um, yeah. than the Hardwood Derby, but ultimately, still not that many attendees. And then this year, they actually brought some singer songwriter, and he played guitar in the bar for a while. And Raleigh Johnson played ukulele with him, um, which was a little entertaining in its own right. But I, I don't know how many people attended that. Like it was just kind of going on in the back of the bar, and I. Were you really paying attention to it, Kyle? Like, it was just something else going on there. Yeah, but I think by the time we got there, it was pretty much they were closing down. That, they were that's on that's true, because we were yeah. doing the podcast. Yeah, we were doing the podcast, but, you know, and, you know, that, you know, I do want to give a shout out to uh, David uh, Duyard, because, um, you know, I'd been, we'd kind of been Instagram buddies, but we never met face to face and really had a great time hanging out with him there. So, yeah, he was, you know, he those, was wonderful. Those, are those new friendships I was kind of talking about that you are able to, you know, these are not typically people you will meet, 
But of course, you know, I knew I was going to meet him there. But uh, besides that, you know, I ran into him. I ran into some, some other folks. In fact, some folks are going to be uh, guests coming up uh, on the podcast. But um, it was fantastic. Mm, excellent. You know, yeah, making making those new connections, those new friends, people on Instagram uh, that, you know, you, you just kind of see, uh, you know, there are a number of folks that, oh, wait, you're that guy. <laughs> I know right. you. I know you by your handle, not by your name, you know. <laughs> That's always But of course fun. that always occurs, but um yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 fun. It's fun. And uh for, you know, I highly recommend anyone that can make any of these events like the Te- Texas Woodworking Festival or Fun Woodworking Live, you know. You know, go out there and, and and meet these folks because, you know, they will become, you know, you may be, uh, you know, internet friends or whatnot, but once you make that face-to-face connection, it's... You may start a podcast with them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And record exactly. 250 episodes. No, yeah. no. I'm just thinking no. we're not the only podcast that has started with people who met at one of these conventions. Not at all. No, we're not. We're but not. we're the first. We're the first, yes. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the long and short is both events were very rewarding and just an experience filled with the joy of hanging out with other woodworkers. And really, if you could attend either go, it's, it's well worth it. Um, and if you can't attend them, but you can attend something else, just go and hang out with other woodworkers. It's, it's a very good time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, next year, Sean, we need to up your travel budget. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know they could, they can go without you in lacrosse for a weekend. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, well, and see, there was the one weekend, and I think it was fine woodworking this year, that was I was running a race while my wife was at a tournament with my son. So, it, uh, yeah, there are times. And well, then, be- before you sign up for a race, check with us, and we'll tell you when fine woodworking yeah. live is. Yeah, yeah, we know the exact dates next year of fine woodworking live. Don't ask me off the top of my head, but we can give those to you. Yes, All right. we know people. And maybe Diami, we should just fly into uh, Ohio, rent oh, a car. Out. Ooh, Jesus! <laughs> fly into Ohio, <laughs> rent a car, and drive Sean out here. Yeah. Wait, can't we just fly him out here? Well, yeah, that probably would be cheaper. What if? What if while you're flying here, you do a layover in Ohio and you scoop him up? I, I might be able to do that. Yeah. I think I looked at it because where is it? Where in Massachusetts is it? It is in Southbridge, which is right on the border between Massachusetts and Connecticut. So I think I looked at it. It's like maybe a ten, a ten hour drive. Yeah, it is. But I bet you it's like a three hour flight. Yeah. True. And if you fly into you fly into Kennedy, I'll pick you and Mike Powers up, and we'll drive up. Yeah. Now what was great is you know Brian uh, picked me up this year. Brian Brazil. Friend mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm thinking next year, uh, both Brian and I are going to take a chair making class with David up in his shop because he's about an hour away. And maybe the week before Fun Woodworking Live, we'll take a chair making class there, and then come on to Fun Woodworking Live after that. Well, could I just make a, a, a statement here, Kyle? Is that if you're going to mm-hmm. spend a week in this area of the country? At yeah. some point, you got to come down to my shop. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, I was going to say that uh, you need to come take a chair making class with David. All things being equal, that I would put that under the. It's not something I want to make, but it would be an, a very worthwhile experience, like the classes I took. Um, yeah. So I would be more than willing to do it. Yeah. But now we're, we're looking at doing the uh, Brian Boggs um, Adirondack. Okay. Yeah, um, not not at Windsor, but yeah. The the, the issue I I have is that I mean uh, Brian Boggs out of Ronde. Ooh, kill me, ladderback, kill, kill me, Brian Boggs. Uh, um, the Appalachian uh, chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but still, this time of year, especially if the Texas Woodworking Festival stays the same time of year, um, in the month of April, the only weekend I was home was Easter. <laughs> <laughs> what's all that's important well <laughs> it's family it's easter i know i i agree that it's probably a good thing i did not go you know, away easter weekend on anything but to to be away from home three of the four weekends of the month and then also take a week-long class somewhere i just don't think i can swing it 
Like a weekend class in the fall when it's been three, four months since I've gone away for a weekend for woodworking. I can do that. But see, that that, uh, by me taking a a class at that particular time, that, you know, that practically pays for the travel. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You get to assign the travel to the class instead of the conference. Exactly, exactly, you know. I'll keep you filled in with details. Though. Okay. But it, uh, it, it could be fun. I know. I know. Uh, I know oh, it would definitely be fun. to doing something like that because that is the one chair, uh, uh, you know, that, that uh, ladder back chair, the Brian Boggs ladder back that is, you know, he's just famous for is, um, you know, that's, that's one chair that I haven't built. And uh, it definitely, uh, I need a class to, to build that chair at least once. Mm. Yeah. Because there are some thick, thick parts parts that they're bending on those chairs. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the uh, the bending forms that they use. And yeah, they bend what the back the back leg and rail is all one piece. So they bend that, and then they yeah. bend the 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 pieces that. Yeah, sw- and it's a super thick piece of wood too. It's it's what it's a it's a it's a. It's a big masculine piece of wood, like uh, uh, David described that to to me. Yeah, yeah. The his chair, you know, that ladder back chair that he has is big and masculine, just like Brian. Is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's a dowel. That's what I was looking for. It's a dowel of what about an inch and a half, inch and three quarter diameter? No, no, no. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a uh, four sided piece. Really? Uh, it, yeah, yeah. I think it curves a little bit and it and it actually gets rounded some but yeah it's not a dowel or or anything like that but yeah it's probably like a i don't know inch and a half by two inches something like that that's a decent piece i could be wrong there uh i'm sure i'll get a lot of comments from uh david about that (laughs) but um anyway but uh yeah it's it's a hell of a it's a hell of a chair and um it's, it's something I remember, um, you know, I've always liked chairs. And as soon as I started building seating, I always was into seating. But I remember one uh, fine woodworking, uh, they had one of his chairs in the portfolio. And it was one of those uh, ladder back chairs that had been ebonized in black. Ooh. And so it's like, holy crap, I want to build something like that one day. So I think I think you're there next year or maybe be that day. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, um, before we move into our fortnightly beer choices, um, there's one more ultimately self-indulgent thing I would like to do um, relating to these festivals is that um, certainly uh, we appreciate the opportunity to help promote both the Texas Woodworking Festival and Fine Woodworking Live. Um, And as part of that assistance... Ben Strano was nice enough to create a promo for us that we ran prior to the episodes leading up to Fine Woodworking Live. But it's come to my attention that Sean has not heard that promo yet. So um, right now, live this on the air to tape. Yeah, I would like to, uh, I'd like to just play that promo so that Sean can hear it before we move into our Fort Lauderdale Beer Choice. So if you'll indulge me, uh, here is Ben's promo. Before we begin... The MWA podcast. I'd like to do a little uh, shout out to the Texas Woodworking Festival that's being held April 6, twenty nineteen, in Austin, Texas. I think Both Diana and I will be there. And for more information, please visit TexasWoodworkingFestival dot com. There'll be a number of great local Texas area makers as well as uh, exhibitors there. Um, those include uh, folks like Philip Morley, uh, Leslie Webb. And uh, exhibitors like uh, Texas Heritage Woodworks, Lee Nielsen, and Dowd Toolworks, probably the uh, premier vintage uh, supplier of tools in the uh, Texas area. So, for um, like I said, for more information, please visit uh, TexasWoodworkingFestival.com. Tickets are only $15, and that ensures you a access to uh, all the activities, as well as a raffle ticket and an open bar. Again, TexasWoodworkingFestival.com. Look forward to seeing you there. As you can hear, that was not... Talk about Jason. 
Jason was great. Jason Thickpin and his wife, they were fantastic. Absolutely. And I think you gave them a lot of great advice on roofing there. I certainly tried to. Yes. Um, and I wish them the best on that uh, on yes. that new building there, that new endeavor of theirs. Yeah, and Dow Tools, Dow Tools at the Texas Woodworking Festival. I mean, uh, this is the, like I said, the premier uh, uh antique hand tool supplier in this area and they had some fantastic stuff they did they did but um yeah. now that i know what what that button does i'm going to try with the button that's actually the self-indulgent promotion for fine woodworking live all right hello modern woodworkers association podcast listeners it's me your second favorite woodworking podcast host ben strano from shop talk live Reminding you about Fine Woodworking Live April 26th through 28th at the Southbridge Hotel and Conference Center in Southbridge, Massachusetts. It's a fantastic show. I don't need to list the presenters because it's a who's who. But I do need to tell you, it's a great chance to buy Diami Plotkia beer. So head on over to finewoodworkinglive.com right now to register and get ready to hang out with Diami Plotkia and buy him beer. Ah. <laughs> so besides me who else bought you a beer i'm gonna say how'd that work out um not as well as you would have thought but um i did get a couple of beers bought for me that's hilarious now, i don't think anyone bought me a beer because of that like they're all people i knew and was hanging out with but... <laughs> no, no, nobody came up to you and said well ben said to buy you a beer no unless no one did that's crazy uh but still i i, I thought that was uh i i felt I I broke out hysterically laughing at work when I first listened to that. Yeah, that's Ben's a good guy. Ben's good people. He is good yeah. people. And, and uh, Ben and the crew did let you uh, hijack their Instagram account for the. They did. Too. They did. Yes. Yeah. Well, they've allowed me to do that for the for the last few years. Um, yes. So yeah, I got to. Uh, I got to. Most of the posts that came out of Fine Woodworking during the event were my photos. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're busy as all get out, I swear. I mean, Ben was just, I mean, I, I think he mentioned that on the last podcast they had was, you know, he's just running from here to there, there and, you know, meets people. Oh, hi, hi, how are you doing? You know, you know, it's just like, anyway, it's I can, I can imagine uh, the work those guys go through to put this on and keep it running during the event, any problems and issues that they have to address right immediately. is just incredible. Yeah. So with that, so what are our fortnightly beer choices for this evening? Well, mine is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lead with that. With, this will go with mine. That's perfect. It's um, no, mine's much worse. Yours is just like, eh, yeah. Mine is vile. <laughs> like it is the um okay. Do you guys know Carvel? I don't. No. Okay. Carvel is a regional regional ice cream parlor. Okay. And okay. they have been around in New York um as long as I can remember. Mhm. And they have um they have their distinctive uh round ice cream uh, sandwiches that they call flying saucers. Um they do uh, soft serve and I think hard serve. I don't actually eat ice cream myself, so I, I may be mistaken in what they do in terms of like cones and sundays. But mm-hmm. every Wednesday, they do two-for-one sundays. That much I know of because whenever the Scottish relatives come, we have to go there on Wednesday because you get two-for-one sundays. <laughs> um, and they're just a simple local ice cream parlor. And in they have uh, they make ice cream cakes. They will make cakes like you know you want an ice cream cake for your birthday. They'll decorate it and do all that stuff like any good uh, bakery will do. Yeah. Um, but they have two very distinctive cakes that are entirely theirs, and one cake is called Cookie Puss, and mm-hmm. it's roughly shaped like a pear, and it has a nose that's an ice cream cone, and they make a face on it. And it's it's been the cookie puss cake forever. And in the 80s and early 90s, they would run these incredibly cheesy, like, local TV ads for the cookie puss cake. Um, we do not want the explicit tag, right? No. No, I, no okay. I, we'd rather not. Okay. 
Um, it's, it's referring to a face. Exactly. Okay. It's a sourpuss, oh, oh, oh. like that kind of cookie puss. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. The, the, the pear thing kind of got me. Okay, <laughs> so um, a local uh, brewery, Captain Lawrence, which I believe is just upstate in the Yonkers-ish area. Now, I'm a Long Islander, so anything north of the Bronx is upstate, and it could very well not be Yonkers, and I don't mean to insult anyone who's from Yonkers. Um, but I think it's I think they're just north of the city. And mm-hmm. they came out with a uh, a Cookie Puss birthday beer beer for I think it's the fiftieth anniversary of Carvel. Okay. And um, out of nostalgia, mostly out of my wife's nostalgia for the Cookie Puss ice cream cake, I bought a four pack, and it's gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> they literally put ice cream in the beer. And ice cream, ice cream, not the not the cookie part. I don't know. It's not crunchy. There's no. Is this? It's no. Not that it's crunchy, but they could use that as some sort of sugary. For I don't think they do at all. But it's it. It's a disgustingly sweet IPA, and I don't like disgustingly sweet IPAs. <laughs> um, one of the I've mentioned some local to locals before, which is a a movement on the island to make you know beers by local breweries. And they did one that was a collaboration between Destination Unknown, which is a brewery I love, and the North Fork Donut Company, which is a donut company that I've never, frankly, had. But they're donut companies. How could they be bad? Um, but they put—they literally put donuts in the beer, and it was <laughs> disgustingly sweet and gross also. So I have come to the conclusion that sweet desserts do not belong in beer. Um, and so the Cookie Puss was, was gross. Um but it was delightfully nostalgic and fun to waste money on. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> but I literally, I drank like a yeah. third of the can and dumped the rest out. And I took the other three out of the fridge because I'm never going to drink them. Um, they're just, they were that bad. It goes under that just because you can doesn't mean you should kind of thing. Exactly. That is exactly it. Though I will tell you, um, the two distinctive cakes that Carvel had were Cookie Puss and Fudgy the Whale. Fudgy the Whale. And, you should have gone with Fudgy the Whale. Well, Captain Lawrence has just come out with their Fudgy the Whale 50th anniversary Carvel ice uh, beer, oh. and I'm not going to try that one. Oh, come on. Oh, you got to do it. For the, no. you got to do it for science at this point. <laughs> to say what? Now this is a third disgustingly sweet beer that I don't want to drink? No. Yeah. yeah. It's still ice cream and beer. They don't go together. Chemistry well. is, is funny like that, right? I mean, so excess sugars that aren't converted, I think, are just left as sugars, which is probably what's happening. Yeah. Right? If you think about it in that way. But not important. I still say you get it for science. <laughs> if it wasn't a $16 four-pack, I might. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's still $4. It, for, for a microbrew, it's not. It's And they're 16 ounce cans, so I'm not... I'm not actually objecting to the price, but for something that I know I'm not going to drink, I, yeah. I can't justify it. If it's decidedly disgusting. Yeah. Maybe. So, Sean, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, same. The huge Miller Lite, man. Miller it's Lite. The, it's the only thing, like I've said before, that stays in my fridge because we can buy it cheap continuously. And I can get it less than a mile from my house. And it tastes great. And it tastes great and might be less filling. Do you have to go to more than a mile from your house to get good beer? Yes. Wow. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not much more than a mile for the for the one place that that stocks, but uh, beyond that, that's not a grocery store. Uh, I'd probably have to go upwards of ten miles. Oh wow! You really yeah, should come totally. visit. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's on every corner around here. We have a lot of bars, but we don't have a mm. lot of. Uh, uh, beer stores. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, uh, what do you got this evening? I'm drinking one of the favorite beers of all time I've ever had, and that's the Sierra Nevada Hot Bullet Double IPA. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Probably one of my top beers of all time. It's been a long night, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. 
And with that, uh, so Diami, where can they find you on the interwebs? Well, I can be found um, at uh, Diami Plotki on Twitter or at Penultimate Woodshop on Instagram, which I hear is what the kids are using these days. Um, mm-hmm. Or I can be found at Penultimate Beer on Instagram. Not Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> untapped excuse me i can be found a penultimate beer on untapped where you can uh, see me rant about cookie puss oh, there you go I so sean where can folks find you i am sean w78 on most every social media except facebook where i'm just my own name uh and uh yeah look at me on untapped where i drink better things in miller light and you can always find me at barton.kyle on instagram form that matters and that just about wraps up this show if you haven't already please subscribe to us on itunes or google play music just search for the modern woodworkers association then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes while you're there leave us a review thank you for listening to the modern woodworkers association if you like the show before to be sure to visit modern woodworkers association.com follow the mwa on twitter at mwa underscore national on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast or like the MWA on Facebook. The best thing you can do is to tell a friend because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion. So with that, go fly to Ohio, grab Sean, just throw him in the back of the van, drive him to a woodworking conference and have fun. There you go. The van's not, is supposed to not have mirrors. <laughs> oh, never mind. A dark van. Put him in a dark van and drive him to a woodworking show. <laughs> Ah, that sucks. Okay. <laughs> Send that to me. <laughs> <laughs>